0: It's time for the weekly sports dump, and I'm your host, Joe Cannally. Yeah. All right. So now we're after a, yeah. a, an aborted first start. We're back at
1: unbelievable. It with
0: our 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 everything correspondent, except probably sports. Uh, Lauren Flans. Here to talk to us about a number of current events, uh, including (laughs) uh, our our adopted Dutch team that we both have just losing Mm. uh, and other things in the news. And then we will talk about Flansmas, which, of course, is a combination of your last name and Christmas. And we'll get into that Mm -hmm. in a minute. But Mm -hmm. first off, the Dutch. Uh, Did you watch the end or did you just find out?
1: No, I went to go on Twitter to watch the penalties and it was already over. And I was like, (sighs) oh, no. Well, it
0: was... And as far as penalties Ugh, go, I hate penalties. Fuck. It's a horrible way to end. Everyone
1: hates it. No one's ever like, yay, it'll be decided in penalties. Like, it's all just to do,
0: down Take a there. guy off the field every 10 minutes. So once you get down to yeah, like six that. on six, somebody's scoring a goal. Then it's wide oh, open. I,
1: I actually like that. That's more fun. I think it that is. would be more fun for everybody.
0: And it would put more pressure on the regular overtime they already have. Because nobody wants to go to that kind of. They don't want to go to penalty shots either, but I, I feel like it would make the game more interesting.
1: Is that a suggestion that's like? I think that's out on there. the table, or did you make you Okay, okay, yeah, I, I believe so much probably better
0: because I think hockey does that in their overtime. They take one man off the ice.
1: Oh, that's exciting! It that opens it yeah, up. Yeah, I think does. that would be way better.
0: Yeah. And of course the Dutch because you and I both lived in Amsterdam mm-hmm, and so that mm-hmm, we kind mm-hmm. of adopt that that country and they're they yeah. they kind of the tough luck losers in the World Cup.
1: They really are. Like they it's so Dutch though. It's like it of course you fuckers.
0: And really if there's any country that's going to be like you know we played very well and then we lost and you know that is how it is. Yeah. They're just kind of I think I think World War 2 and being so close to Germany oh. really Really,
1: that's probably what it is. Pampered they're just a lot still of their enthusiasm. That. Yeah, overall. in they're 2022.
0: They're like, just... they're like never too much enthusiasm.
1: That was a big thing that I bitched about. Uh, I mean, I bitched about everything about Dutch people holland while i was like i love the experience but like that is not my country and those are not my people so it was sort of like i was having this amazing experience but just like bitching about the weather and the people
0: what like, was non-stop. it about the people in particular because because well, there's something what you're that saying, I funny about their honesty
1: oh i don't love i don't love the dutch honesty but for me it was more what you're saying like i just found them to be so fucking like not giving a sh- just like apathetic and not having enthusiasm or like desire for like anything passionate and so when the cup when the world cup happened and they were doing decently the year the the year that i was there for it yeah It was the first time I'd ever seen Dutch people show passion and excitement. And so I got into the World Cup because I was like, oh, this is the only thing in the whole world that you guys give a shit about. All right. I'm on board. Like you're smiling for the first time since I fucking lived in this country. Yeah. So I got like really into it It (laughs) for that specific reason.
0: And that kind of does define the Dutch. They are just there's not a lot of, you know, temper they don't they didn't fight a lot of wars they just No, they it was like very even
1: heel but it just felt they, they like didn't, they so didn't have
0: slaves but they just ugh. transported them everywhere you know they're just yeah they're that is very Dutch too yeah they're like, ah, you know we will be the referee for the game because the referee gets paid as much as everyone uh-huh know?
1: it did yeah and these but are the so dangers when of socialism they were... Oh, no but passion. I would take it for the health care. I would at this point, I'd be like, I don't need passionate because then you, I was young. You yes. know what I mean? Like I was in my 20s and I was like, these people are boring and they suck. But I bet now if I was living in Holland, I'd be like, yeah, I feel like this all the time, too. You're much, like, yeah, well, you're
0: Much more boring than you were when you were in your 20s. Yeah,
1: they just <laughs> but all Dutch people just feel like they're born middle aged and they've already given up. Yeah. Which is how I feel now. Yeah, but at yeah. least I lived a life. There you go. Well, to be fair,
0: the Dutch team lived a life. They invented total football, which is the most beautiful way of playing that has influenced the game ever since. But should this, I ask
1: what that is? Or is that like a huge, long answer? Because I don't a,
0: know. Not a that long is. answer. Total football. What is, is that? Basically, any player can play any position. It used to be they were like baseball oh, that players rules. almost, you know.
1: I thought they were like that.
0: Well, they are. Wait, they are now. But in the old days, the, it was more oh, like baseball, where okay. the guy who's back here, he'll kick it to this guy, and then they stay in their own little area. The Dutch brought everywhere, everyone everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's way cooler.
0: Much cooler, transformed the game. Uh, but
1: now it's not like that, or it is like well, the team
0: is not quite as much like that. That was like the okay. ultimate expression, and then it, it got more conservative. Did every did team
1: that. do that? What?
0: Well, it started to influence the way soccer's mm-hmm. played today. Like if you look at soccer today, soccer today looks much more like soccer the Netherlands played in the seventies than than like okay, and than any of the soccer that was before that. Or really a lot of
1: football, which you should know because you're like the sports guy. So let me correct you. Let me give you a gentle correction.
0: (laughs) I I appreciate that. Well, normally (laughs) we have uh, Brendan Hunt, another Boom alum, doing our soccer Mm -hmm. stuff, but. He's contractually obligated to not do this. I get podcast. it.
1: So you took someone who didn't make it. I understand what you're saying. You got the non it's harder to find a non-famous boom alumni now, honestly. Well, <laughs> you know, like it's more yeah. challenging. So good on you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a few more I could throw under the bus right now, but Absolutely. I'm not
0: going to because no, it's no. the
1: holidays. How and is shit. that for a segue?
0: It's great. You're and like, three, we have to
1: talk about four things
0: first. Three years ago, Brendan was one of those, and now he's Ted Lasso, Coach Beard. So who knows I know.
1: So who knows? Like my big break could come when I'm in like my mid-sixties. We never know.
0: You never know. Absolutely. I
1: know. Yeah, we never know.
0: So I want to ask you about, and not because mm-hmm. you're a lesbian, about Brittany Griner, but Yeah. Because no, you're a you woman. yeah. And mm-hmm. someone made a very interesting point. Uh and and there are more, there are more issues at play than simply this but there were Mm -hmm. two americans that they were i
1: know is it paul whelan is that i don't want to fuck up his name okay yeah he's
0: he's he's, he's in the military or he was a marine Mm -hmm. they accused him of espionage who that fuck knows you Mm -hmm. know um but it's one of the rare occasions where a black gay woman Mm -hmm. ends up being the one who gets the, the privilege of that uh yep but there's also the point that Russia released her and not him because they knew how divisive that would be in this fucking stupid country.
1: Yeah, they're the like the most comically evil country. Like, it's diabolical. Ridiculous.
0: The definition of they're diabolical. They're the
1: fucking worst and I fucking hate them. And why won't Putin just, like, die already? Like, allegedly he's... Falling, falling downstairs and shitting, and shitting himself. It's yes. like, how are you not dead? Because just it, fucking die. Oh, you're, when you're that, I when you have that guy. much money,
0: you can be kept alive well past your expiration.
1: Date. I know. And it's not like I think like all of a sudden rush is going to not eat shit when he dies. But I'm sorry, he is like, it actually this is, this will help a, if yes. he dies. A- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Will help a lot if he fucking dies. For
0: sure. For sure. Um, yeah yeah i feel bad for thinking i mean he's always been a despicable human being and a a real Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. a a monster
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when trump was elected i'm not saying putin Mm -hmm. messed with the machines but whatever psyops they took place in i thought yeah i mean he
1: did maybe not the machines but we know for a fact that that he messed with something. And
0: it was close enough that you could say he had enough of an effect. So I consider sure from a from a political, from a like just like looking at it totally neutrally, I was impressed with what he had achieved. to destroy the country I was like,
1: what unlikable thing is Joe going to say now? And it's that he was impressed by Putin. I get no no, no. I by it. his by what he did, I got what you're saying. I know. I know,
0: approve
1: of it. I know. it's, the old, shit, it's, like, it's, it's like, like it's like you got to hand awful. it to
0: Hitler. Like, yes, it's the, I understand. That's what I feel like. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I wasn't like that. I'm not like that now. But when it was, just I know, the election but at not the, the time you were
1: like, well, oh, he
0: did a good job. And and honestly, I, I, hear I, I you. should feel bad because there was genocide before with the Chechens. Yeah, you should
1: feel bad, but Brittany, Griner. I understand what you're saying. You just should not say it out loud, but it's fine. This is a safe space
0: <laughs> podcast. Brittany so, Griner, yes. So she's out. She cut her yeah, hair uh, on her own, apparently.
1: Really, I yeah. haven't seen, and she like landed like earlier today, right? No, she was in Abu Dhabi yesterday. I haven't yesterday. seen any like pictures or videos or anything.
0: There was video um, of the Russian I'm gonna guy. I'm going to need to look for that. So there's video of the Russian guy hugging. I do not want
1: to see that guy. The,
0: the Russian, you know.
1: Arms guy who, who we released. The mustache he, guy. He, yeah. Yes.
0: He hugs the Russian dude. And then the, the Americans are just kind of wandering off with her. Uh, yeah, it's a very yeah, weird. Yeah, she's there's not no... going
1: to fucking hug. Like, no. Of, yeah, no, I get it. I'd be pissed if she'd hug someone. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: Now like, don't bring weed into Russia everybody.
1: Okay, but also there's so many different aspects to this. Like first of all, she's she takes some form of it for her fucking like joint pain or whatever the fuck. So athletes like athletes need that, that shit. Yep. Yeah. So it's like it was I don't know if it that specifically was prescription, but like she has a documented history of using medicinal marijuana, and there's people I don't know enough about this, but there are some people who even are like, I think it was like fully planted. Like it's just so fucking that,
0: sketchy. That's, that's what we'll find out. That was is there's what will be interesting so much to sketchiness to, to, know. to the whole thing. Very true, very true. And and of course, you know, once that you're right, the sketchiness is whether that was true or there's not. It's completely so ske- sketchy. But also, after that what point. and
1: wasn't it just like residue or some no, shit? It was a it's little like bit, it
0: was probably an old. I bet it was an old cartridge. That was probably I'm ha- saying
1: that there, eight course. million things about it are sketchy. It's that, like yes. so fucking awful yeah. across the board. Yeah. There's like a million. Oh god, right. I right. I, I was back. invested in this situation and was so fucking thrilled yesterday. I did not expect that to happen.
2: It did.
0: I kind never of come expected her board.
1: to get out. If I'm being honest, like
0: I thought they would want. I thought they would keep her long enough that her career would be over. You know what I mean? Like Oh, I
1: wonder I feel like it might be. Like really? I hope not. But I was just like the fucking trauma of that shit? And I was like, is she just gonna become like a speaker at this point? Like I didn't know if she would like I
0: think she's gonna be throwing some elbows in the paint. She's gonna have a season like you never so I think she's gonna I fucking hope so.
1: That I would be so great. And that's a great optimistic take. Cause I was like, I bet her body is fucked up and I bet that she's traumatized and I bet that she's not gonna wanna do that ever again. But I hope you're right. That would be I so much also better.
0: wonder if she was better prepared to endure this because she's a six eight lesbian black woman who has endured probably oh well i'm
1: sure that her mental and emotional. yes first yeah yeah yeah, mental
0: strength is is yeah better than that of you know your average woman in that position i think or man or whatever yeah
1: i think that's a great is she really six eight
0: i think she is
1: holy fuck i didn't realize she was that tall that's wild oh my fucking christ
0: yeah so I, I'm glad she's back and it's it, yeah, it, it has gosh. nothing to do with the other guy, him not being released. I put completely on Russia. Yes,
1: it's a fucking nightmare and it is unfair and absolutely terrible. And two truths can exist at the same time. And the sooner we fucking learn that, like this is I scream about this all the time on my own podcast. It's like. You can be thrilled that she's home and infuriated that he's not and not be a total piece of shit
0: about it. Like one yes. doesn't so have many to do... people on Twitter are they want infuriating their me. That yeah. So, and, and and just always oh my consider God. what that target is, folks. And if there might be a different reason that you're pointing at that target. All it's right. It's unreal.
1: It's unreal.
0: And let's pivot yeah. from that right to Flanders.
1: Pivoting. Oh, exciting. It's the so most explain... wonderful time of the year.
0: <laughs> yes it is your it is your time of the year mm-hmm. and i wanted to be able to share <laughs> that with uh with our many I'm many so listeners.
1: grateful tell
0: me what it tell us what it's honored. all about
1: okay well the origin story of flansmas is that i am a jew uh and as a jew and this is not true for all jews but i think largely impacted by the fact or i don't know my parents reasoning but i will say that when i was a little kid i went to a school called Chapin. It's for smart kids. It's where Ivanka Trump went. Wait a minute, um, you said it was, was for like, smart kids. Oh, that's well. You either have to be smart or like rich as fuck. Like, and so we weren't go. rich as fuck. So, I mean, uh, Harvard smart. is
0: for smart kids too.
1: Listen, and all I'm saying kids. is this school is so like WASPy or so like white upper class. Christian, that we live, my family, we lived on the Upper West Side, which is still fucking rich people, but there were so few kids who didn't live on the Upper East Side that we got in, we went in on a van, they didn't need a bus, it was a van, because every other kid lived on the Upper East Side, so, the upper so East we just had... There. The Upper East Side is where they all, that is like the richest place in the entire universe. And then Upper West Side is like mm, Jewish rich. So I like, <laughs> not as rich. But this was the when I was growing up. This, is, this was a long time ago. It might be different now. I don't know. I haven't lived in New York in decades, but there were so few kids in the entire, and this is a school that was K through 12, okay? Kindergarten through 12th grade, there were so few kids who didn't live on the Upper East Side that a fucking van was enough for every single kid in the school so i just want to impress upon you what the deal was with this school but got so because this was a private school every tuesday morning uh we had this thing ca- we called it prayers it probably had a different name but there was an assembly it was like 20 minutes every tuesday morning um and like we'd say the lord's prayer i can say the lord's prayer like in my sleep even uh. though i'm a jew and then we like sang a hymn And then we all went to class. So, like, I think because of the fact that, like, this was what I was growing up in, my parents were very intense about not doing Christmas things, which, if you're like a little Jewish kid, is really hard because you just want a tree. Like, I wanted a tree so bad. I was like, it's pretty. Like, I don't get, like, I'm not going to, like, love Christ all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of Jewish kids get to grow up with a Christmas tree and you still get presents and all that stuff. But I think because, I was going to this very like Christian or not they very Christian. The school, but we had down and... They didn't want to like, yeah. So I was not allowed any Christmas traditions at all. We didn't watch any Christmas movies. Okay. So like I spent my whole childhood not getting any of the fucking rever. Like, there's an elf who wants to be a dentist. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like right. I know. All that those little sentence. shows, those
0: little half hours. I don't know what that is. Frosty, No.
1: I didn't see I finally saw Charlie Brown Christmas, I think, like th- three or four Christmases ago when I went to a friend's place for Thanksgiving. And she's like, we always watch Charlie Brown's Christmas after dinner. I was like, great. I've never fucking seen this. It was fine. But anyway, the point is, so
0: not the so I never
1: No, I'm very much not. So I never saw any Christmas movies. So then as an adult, like when you're deprived of something, that's, like, all yes. you want when you're older. So when I was older, I just, like, got into watching this, sh- sh- like, just the tripiest and tropiest ones ever, because it was just, like, it was, like, candy to me. Like, it was so, just, like, giving so me more wanna, this, like, shitty stuff. I love
0: it. I want to ask you, because there's a few channels. There's mm-hmm. there's Hallmark.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: And then there's just Discovery doing some, too. I mean, everyone's kind of got, they've broken into I a I don't lot. know.
1: Well, what's cool, ones? here's the thing is that ever since Christmas Prince hit it really big, like four, I think five years ago, A Christmas Prince was a Netflix original. And what happened was it just for some reason, like really blew up. And there were like all these buzzfeeds about it, and people were watching it. And it's a great, shitty Christmas movie. It's not good. But now the, the problem is because it did really well for Netflix, people for the first time started paying attention to shitty Christmas movies. And they're like, wait, we can like, we can make money out. Like people actually want to see. And that's when they started getting better. And so then you get your fucking Vanessa Hudgens and that you get like better people and better scripts. They're getting better. So like, I've watched a couple this year where I'm like, these are too good. And I'm fucking pissed off. I still live tweet them, but I will be very blatant. I'm like, this is kind of charming and the acting is decent and I'm not happy with what I'm watching. Like, I want the ones that are still shitty, which are harder to find now.
0: Do they rerun the old ones or is it just a new slate every year?
1: It's there are a ton of new ones every year. So right now I'm watching... I'm getting through all the new 2022 ones and then I'll start watching ones that I just haven't seen before, but now they're wider release. But to answer your question, Netflix and Hulu now have so many, which they never used to have. Um, and they're not all original, but also they're like getting ones from other they're, channels. They're collecting
0: the ones. Do you have yeah, a, is yeah. there a classic one from years past that, that hopefully people can see that you can yeah, recommend? My
1: favorite shitty one of all time. Well, it used to be this one, it's one of those ones that has two titles. Like I think on Netflix they're calling it Christmas Crush, but that might be wrong. It's like they changed the title. So it's sure. like on IMDB. It has a different title. But I'm gonna tell you how to look it up and you're all gonna say thank you. The lead woman in it is named Rachel Boston. Easy to remember. She's only done Christmas films. So look oh. up one that's like that says like Christmas Crush or alt title Christmas Crush. And the guy in it is the motherfucking guy from Mean Girls. I think his name's Jonathan Bennett.
0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: Yeah, Tim Meadows is a romantic lady. Um, so that for years was my like gold standard of shit. And then I saw a movie that I hope is still on Netflix called, um, oh my God, what is it called? No, I just, hold on. It's called, is it called Ghost of Christmas? No. So well, it's called Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's called Spirit of Christmas. Cuz oh. the thing is, it's the love story between a woman and the ghost who's haunting the she's like a real estate person and she's gotta live in this house that she has to sell for some fucking reason <laughs> and of course there's a sexy guy ghost so that's why i was like is a ghost it there's so many titles that like have to do because there's a million stories where there's like a fucking ghost but this one spirit of christmas eats shit and it is oh. a goddamn delight because anytime they do like flashbacks to old timey it's like the acting is terrible. The costumes, the set design, it's just so bad. The guy the guy has like a faux hawk. Like he's supposed to have died in like the fucking 1800s. And he looks like- Oh, I always,
0: contemporary haircut. He looks
1: like a dude. He looks like a go-go boy at the Abbey. Like he looks like a guy <laughs> in WeHo. Like it's so bad and I love it. So I think my all time favorite shitty one is Spirit of Christmas. All right. um, and it's a popular choice. Like people have done blogs about it and stuff. So hopefully that's still on Netflix. Watch that one.
0: Now, one, one last question about this genre. Mm-hmm, have mm-hmm, they broke mm-hmm. into, are there any Hanukkah films? And have they yeah. broken into gay couples in these Christmas movies?
1: Okay, great questions. Really happy to answer these questions. First one, yes. Um, There are a couple, I've never seen one because those are, they haven't been on Hulu or Netflix, but this year for the first time, there is one on Hulu, and Sarah Silverman is in it. Now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of those things where she has, like, one scene and Pieces right. Out. Right. But they are really pushing her as being oh, in the movie. Sure, like, her sure. name isn't the thing. She's in the, like, thumbnail for it. So I'm really excited to watch that one. But I think I'm going to watch it on, like, the first night of Hanukkah or some shit. That makes much, I, more you know, much, yeah. much more sense. Yeah. So that's there is another Hanukkah movie. That is that I can watch this year. It's not a twenty twenty two one, but they did just put it on a streamer, oh, so I will be able to watch multiple Hanukkah ones this year. But I think there's only like two or 3
0: they be still live tweeting though. those.
1: Oh yeah, hundred oh, percent. All right, hundred percent. And the and um and the gay couples for the shitty shitty ones. Yes, there are a couple. We are starting to get like higher quality gay ones which is good like we're kind of missing the shitty window because most people aren't like me and they would like prefer we have good christmas movies so there have been a few of those like happiest season and then um single all the way i think was the male one and those are both like pretty major films so in terms of the shitty ones there's a really fucking shitty one called i think it's called a new york christmas it's really bad and it is too limited, <laughs> and it fucking sucks. Like I was like when I was tweeting it, I was like, I need to be nicer about this, and then I was like, I cannot be nicer about. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. Um, so that's a really bad one, and I'm certain there are like more that I just haven't found. There's one that I haven't watched yet, and I I will not be flans missing it because oh. because it I want. No, I want the lead to do our podcast sometimes, oh, I so I don't you. want like a record sure. of it. And I'm actually, I hope it's like a better one, but l- l- I think it was Lifetime and not Hallmark. But it was a big deal because they did um, a lesbian. Oh, and it's a it's a black woman and a white woman. So lesbian inter or queer female interracial couple. And that was kind of a big deal because it was the first time that either Lifetime or Hallmark was doing that. And this year they put it on Hulu. So Uh I am going to watch it. I think it's called like Under the Christmas Tree. I don't know. They have the same fucking title. Look for the thumbnail with two women. There aren't a lot of them. You'll find it on Hulu.
0: Where are you? You're tweeting this out from your account, which is?
1: Which is at Lauren Flans. Okay. L-A-U-R-E-N-F-L-A-N-S and search the hashtag Flansness. F-L-A-N-S-M-A-S. And I have been using this hashtag that a buddy gave. I can't claim credit for it. He was like, you need to like document these and create a hashtag and it should be flansmas." And I was like, sold. But I didn't do it for all of them because until he told me that, I like wasn't that. So you got to pick through your
0: account a little bit. Those are where the gems are.
1: Yeah. If you want to go back to like Christmas crush era, which was the first one I ever did. I don't know. I can't help you. There's no hashtag. <laughs> but for the past, like fucking at least five years, if you search hashtag you it will ruin your life. There are too many. <laughs> I used to only tweet like maybe 10 times in a movie. It's and now it's thing, every though. 30 seconds mm-hmm. because now my brain has seen so many that like I can't make it stop.
0: You need to so do I a version to. of like Christmas, uh, um, MST3K uh, kiss Christmas specials.
1: Yeah, I would kill for that. If someone would like sponsor me, I, this is my dream. This is all, all right, I want to do with my yeah, life. We gotta, I mean, so. the sports
0: stump would, but we're looking for a sponsor. So yeah, you don't know. We'll no one I know has a <laughs> sponsor. So no, yeah, that's yeah. A
1: but Come I on. would. It would be a dream. All right, folks. Well,
0: you heard it. So somebody, please, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. please sponsor this young lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing and have a happy holidays. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, World Cup football is not the only football happening. And in fact, I'm guessing most of you don't even really care about the World Cup football, but we're talking about NFL football. And for that, We need our football consigliere, Pro Football Max, here joining us to go over this week's games and give us his picks. Max, welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. And you, uh, actually, on my, uh, we were texting and we had to record a little later because the World Cup uh, just ended, not the whole thing, but a couple of the matches, the Holland-Argentina match just ended, and uh, there was some trickeration in there. And Mm -hmm. uh, with the, the Dutch scoring their second goal on a little fun little set piece where they depended on the other group and what was the line that you quoted from ted lasso
2: Well, thanks to ted lasso i've learned a lot about soccer and those they're not called trick plays they're called elaborate set pieces that's exactly right elaborate set pieces which makes it sound of course that's the british
0: version of saying trick plays that's exactly they of course would think that americans saying trick plays is like oh of course the americans are also the ones who didn't march in a line
2: in red coats for war. That was unfair as well. Yeah. I would think, like, with the trick plays, it'd be more like a prostitution thing. Like, oh, the trick plays with my... Oh, yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Jack Jack the Ripper had
0: a few trick plays in him, if you know what I mean. Exactly.
2: Uh, Exactly.
0: Actually, England, I'll just say this, and forgive me, folks, for getting too much soccer, but we're not going to have a segment this week on it. But England's national team, they looked at a lot of nba inbounding plays for their corner kicks and uh-huh. if you watch them they often do that like thing where they line up like a picket fence type thing where they're mm-hmm. just all of them in a line which you don't see a lot of teams doing and they break off of that and it looks a lot like basketball uh inbounding play- plays so the sports yeah. are converging left and right but we're here to talk about the nation's real pastime football and uh, we'll <laughs> some games for you this week uh how about that game uh, last night
2: that was something else. You don't you don't see that every day. Guy guy hasn't even been in the city forty eight hours, and he leads the team to a game winning touchdown drive.
0: You know, uh, they had a he did okay the first quarter. Actually, he he had a couple drives that got you know they they had a fumble and and a couple things that went bad for them. And then I think when it got down because they scored those two touchdowns in the last like six seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think what it was is it's just adrenaline. And it's like, OK, and I believe that that like two minute offense is more like pickup football than anything.
2: I get that. I get and that. I wasn't I wasn't surprised by the first touchdown that that yeah. second touchdown. I mean they, oh. they were playing off. They're, they're letting it loose. It's backyard football like Raiders oh. just know how to lose games. Oh, yeah. You think
0: you talk about championship teams and how they find ways to win. Now, the Nebraska Cornhuskers of the last eight years are a good example of this, but the mm-hmm. Raiders are also a great example of a team that they had two penalties in that
2: last drive early in the drawing.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and they just find ways to lose.
2: And and more than the yardage that was given up. And I said this to myself both times, especially on the um on the second penalty was the fact that it stopped the clock. Because you know this, if you're going up against an offense, the quarterback. Yes. Uh, I love what they were saying. He's still introducing himself to his linemen and his yes. receivers in the huddle. He, you know, keep that clock running. Why? Are That's going to be ten seconds time? extra
0: every down, just f- due to lack of
2: familiarity. Exactly. You're and right. That was, uh, that was the thing that annoyed me about it was not even the plays that were called and the way they coverage the the clock stoppage. the dunk- they only had
0: one timeout.
2: Let me knock the ball out of the guy's hands, but
0: yes, yes. Uh-huh. Dumb. Raiders, Sillies.
2: Yeah. All right. What can you do?
0: Yeah. So we'll talk about the not game. Be, what
2: right. can you do? Not be a Raiders fan. Not
0: be the Raider Or yeah, a Raider. And not. Be- no
2: offense, yeah. Ice-T. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. And and Ice and Cube. I'm sorry. Ice Cube. Ice Cube is uh, there. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, and there's a lot of Raider fans at the games when we go watch them, but there's less and less. I feel bad because they're usually good fans when they're there, but they've kind of almost stopped coming. It's so depressing. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the early games. We got the uh, your Jets at Buffalo. Big game there. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Also a big game. A lesser big game. Jacksonville at Tennessee. So let's yeah. get that one out of the way. Tennessee and
2: Jacksonville. Well, uh, let, let me tell you guys. I think what all three of these games have in common is you have the potential division winner, the expected division winner, the best record in the division going against a team That is typically not known as a good team. You have the Bills, Cincinnati and Tennessee going against the Jets, the Browns and the Jaguars. And, you know, there is this thing where in December and the best teams play their best football in December. And what's the great way to do that is to get the definitive division win at home. All three of these teams are at home playing lower tier division opponents. And I do think all three teams are going to win, but I think Tennessee is the only one that's going to have that definitive stomp them down win. I see Tennessee covering their spread with Jacksonville and shutting them down pretty good. I think Cincinnati and Cleveland, Cincinnati will win, but it'll probably be about a five, six point game one score game, same thing with Buffalo and the jets. I, I see it as a one score game, but I see Buffalo pulling it out.
0: And that jets defense is for real. I got, you know, uh, that like their offense, you can say, you know, they've had quarterbacks in and out injuries at running back, inconsistency at wide receiver, but that defense has really kept them in at this season. And, uh, they have
2: and there's, and there's a lot of great youth, you know, a giants fan like you will appreciate this. I was, I was chatting it up with someone on Twitter about what should the jets do next year at running back. And I they should follow that giants team that won the first super bowl with Eli, that team that had that couldn't replace Tiki Barber with one player. Right. So they had three players. They had Brandon Jacobs. They had Derek Ward and they had a mod Bradshaw. Yeah. And it was a three headed monster that ran the ball for Eli Manning that year. And that's what the jets youth for 2023, Brees hall, Michael Carter. Yeah. Um, bam, the, the new fellow bam, that is, they could be the best running team in football next year with three young running backs. But this year it's all about defense.
0: Yeah. And I think defense is, is coming back a little bit and figuring out, you know, the, 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 these all spread out offenses and the whole kind of McVay Shanahan tree, uh, that, that revolutionized offenses. Now the defense is catching up. So we may see more, you know, the running game return too with some of these better defenses. Absolutely. and uh, and the Bills just have proven, you know, Josh Allen is going to keep both teams in the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Now, next we got, uh, and I forgot th- th- these are interesting divisional matchups: Minnesota at Detroit, Philadelphia at the Giants,
2: and Baltimore at Pittsburgh. You know, it's interesting because just like the last three games we talked about, we're, we're talking about three teams that are have the yeah. best record in their division, and that could are playing teams that for the last couple, I mean, not Pittsburgh, so not much Pittsburgh but teams that have been a little bit easy to stomp on. But the difference between this set of games and the last set of games is the better teams are are on the road this week. Minnesota's ah. at Detroit. Philadelphia's at New York. Baltimore's at Pittsburgh. And
0: yet I and see. It, yeah,
2: and yet, despite having the better record, both Detroit and Pittsburgh are favored to win their games at home. And I'm just, I'm taking the road team on all three three. of these games this week. I think the better team is going to win. Minnesota is a better team than Detroit. And I see some, you know, the idea that Detroit is favored over them, that's bulletin board material right there. Minnesota's gotta be angry. And if they don't come out angry, then just wipe away the postseason now. This is the game where you have to say, okay. Philadelphia Giants, I think that game will be closer because I think the Giants have been circling this one for a while. Yeah. But now you're reading all these things about um, how Saquon Barkley might not play. And if Saquon Barkley's not there to play, I don't know how the Giants win this game. The Giants
0: are beat up, and it, and it reminds me, I don't know exactly about
2: how day ball works
0: and everything. Now, he's a great, I, I really like him as a coach for the Giants, but they're starting mm-hmm. to fade a little bit, and that's okay with me. I don't care yeah. if they, like they, they've so overachieved. I wonder if it's a little bit like Thibodeau is with his basketball teams where he's getting a lot out of this team, but I wonder if he's practicing the shit out of them. You know, they're efficient. They don't do penalties, but a lot of that comes from really practicing hard. Are they starting to break down now? And, and is the slide beginning for them? That's what you I
2: know, it could be. I, I remember at the beginning of the season, talking to a, a friend of mine is a giants fan. Who's, a casual fan. And he goes, I don't understand why are the giants supposed to be so bad this year? And I was like, well, the old coach and the old GM, they left the cupboard bare. There was just not a lot of excellent talent on this Mm -hmm. roster at any position that made you think the giants were going to be a player late in the season. Like at any, at any point
0: this season, but that's running back, but he's coming up.
2: Predictable. This, Position. And he's coming off two terrible years. He had a great rookie year, but right. his two years that followed. But when they came out and started 6-1, and one, and, you know, what did they do? They punched Tennessee in the mouth opening yeah. day. They beat a very underwhelming Carolina team, a Chicago team that wasn't. Green Bay was the big surprise. People still thought Green Bay was a good team. But we and know now. Giant, yeah. But you really look at how they started, and you go back, and you say, yeah, they overachieved a little bit. But other than the Baltimore win, yeah, they probably should have won every one of those games because none of those teams were really that good. Yeah. You're so, right. so now it's like, now the giants have kind of come back to earth and come back to where they are. And because they've done it, they believe they can still do it. Yeah. But, you and I talked about this four-game division, four division games in a row. That was going to be the telling of who the Giants are, and I think that's the point that we're at right now. Yeah, they had a
0: tie with Washington, so that was a, uh, I don't know, you know, a very uh, like a let's push kind of uh, first start mm-hmm. to their their games. And Baltimore, Pinto, exactly. I think I think there's a little bit of a phenomenon where the backup quarterback, the offense is a little more efficient, and the play caller is a little more fastidious. In the plays Mm -hmm. that they call. And we've seen a lot of backups do well,
2: especially in their first game. Well, that's, you know, it's funny. I have a cousin who has a theory that the backup comes in and plays enough of the game. He's always going to win the next game. Mm. He has this theory that he's, you know, they've worked out game number two and then they always lose the week after. Right, right. He strictly bets on this. If a backup came in in the first half of the game and played out. He always goes against, he always goes with the guy the next week and against the guy the following week. Right. It's uh, it, And this is just with spreads and everything, um, right. not for winner-loser. But he feels very, very firm on this. And every time it happens, he points it out to tell me why he's right. right. The reason I like Baltimore here, and I, and I was wavering back and forth. I, I keep thinking about Pittsburgh, and their offense has been great since their bye week. No turnovers in four weeks. Yeah. Very, very efficient football. But in the end, they are a run-first team. And if you look at Baltimore, everyone talks about how bad they are against the past. In the last five games, Baltimore has given up an average of 50.8 yards per game on the ground. Four of those five games, they've given up less than 50. The other one was like 80-something last week. Baltimore's run game, uh, defense, run defense, is stellar the last month. And if this isn't if, an offense that should pass a lot at Pittsburgh. No. And if Pittsburgh can't establish that run, Ken pet, Kenny Pickett win it on his arm. And I just, I'm not ready to bet on Kenny Pickett yet. I Tyler Huntley, you know, as even though they lost every game he started last year, Baltimore did, he was not the reason they lost those games. He looked strong in a lot of those games. And when you're a rookie in the NFL and you're not geared to be a starter, any, even if you are, it's hard to win games as a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Oh, for sure. There's certain things that you, ha- that you don't learn without experience in terms of when to audible for a run because it's better for the clock. Yeah. You know, instead of sticking with the play that was called because you don't want to get yelled at by your coach on the sideline. there's a lot of little things and i I like to believe that tyler huntley will be significantly better this year and he wasn't bad last year no he wasn't that bad actually people tried to trade for him i believe exactly so i i want to believe that baltimore is the better team there's there's a little bit of a heart head versus gut my head keeps telling me pick pittsburgh pick pittsburgh my gut keeps telling me take baltimore take baltimore and i'm going with go with the gut then Mm -hmm. all right our
0: next little package here we got some uh the Kansas City Denver in a matchup that at at one point in the season seemed like it would have been pretty cool, uh, and historically has been a fun game. Houston at Dallas in in a one of the least in state rivalries I can think of. Like there's no <laughs> there's no you know there's no love anything between these teams. Not lost, not found. It's just a nothing game with a 17 point spread. And then Carolina <laughs> and Seattle where I, I see uh, your your prediction from earlier this season
2: uh, is coming through with your picks for the week. So go on with these games. Yeah, let's, let's start with the two terrible ones. Um, yeah, Kansas City and Denver. I didn't know, I didn't realize that um, Mahomes and Wilson had only played once before, and this will be the second time. Makes total sense that it's only the second time. But um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the Denver Broncos. He's never lost a division game on the road. And we're talking about one of the three best teams in football versus one of the three worst teams in football. He's never I, lost a division game on the road? Yeah, that's, that popped up earlier this year during the um, L.A. Chargers game. He's 13-0 and 0 in his career in that's division. That's crazy. Games. That's crazy. It is. So there's no reason to think any of that's going to change now. I do, I do like the idea that D- Denver can cover a 10-point spread only because their defense is really good. And you know, they they play Mahomes a lot, and this is a gear up game. I don't yeah. think I don't think Kansas City will score 30. And maybe Denver can get to 20. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they cover a 10 point spread, but no, Kansas City wins this game. Right. Um then... you know, it's funny in, in researching the Houston Dallas matchup this week, I started actually um going to Wikipedia and, and learning about David Crockett and the Alamo because I was thinking the battle of Texas, like what is <laughs> what is the worst. It's in neither Massacre. of these cities. Yeah. And it turns out that a lot of the Davy Crockett stuff I knew as a kid wasn't true. No. But um it bottom line is he didn't come out alive and, and neither will Houston. This game's gonna be bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, Dallas is Santa Ana, uh and uh and yeah, Houston d- is 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 Davy Crockett. <laughs> yeah, I think I put on uh Twitter of like forty to ten as the final score. You know, that, that seems that very about realistic. Right. That does. That seems just about right. Yeah. And then, you know, you and I talked about it, and I broke it here last week on the sports dump, my belief that Carolina had the uh, the ability to win for their final five, finish with an eight and nine record, and win the um, South. I said, if New Orleans were to beat Tampa Bay last Uh. week, I was ready to guarantee that it happens.
0: What a horrible thing. Let me just say for a second, and I know we're <laughs> going to talk about San Francisco, and San Francisco's done all right. But between Denver, uh, New Orleans, and San Francisco, those are three defenses that should be so angry mm-hmm. because those teams should all have probably three to five, maybe more wins based yeah. on how their defense is played. All right, back to
2: Carolina, Seattle. But just saying, with Carolina and Seattle, I you know even though Tampa did beat New Orleans and still holds a two-game lead, you look at their schedules coming up. I still think Carolina can do it. The key is the Carolina-Tampa Bay matchup, Week Seventeen. Obviously, Carolina has to win that one. But Carolina, if they're only a game behind going into that matchup, they got the tiebreaker. Yeah, they own the tiebreaker because they will have beat them twice and they'll have the better division record. I really, really believe Carolina coming off the bye. Seattle can't stop the run. Carolina can run the ball. Yeah. Carolina can't stop the run either, but Seattle is injured at running back. G- and Seattle so, should have lost that game last week. Should have. Did, did they play New Orleans? No, Seattle last week played the Rams, and they yes. needed to come back. And yes. I was – we were at Dave and Buster's together um, watching on Upper sides. Yes. And I was talking to the other fellow, the one who wears the three and a half jersey. Ethan yes. He he was like, really? The Rams are doing this? I'm like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I told you this game was going to be close. And when they went ahead at the end, I was like, good for Sean McVay. This, he is a great coach. But the, everyone wants to talk about Geno. Geno Smith without question comeback player of the year this year there's not even a close second option people want to put him in the mvp race he's not top five no he's not people want to talk about how good seattle's defense is that they're they're good they're nowhere close to very good let alone great carolina coming off the bye and then you know if they're chasing um tampa tampa with san francisco we're going to talk about that in a minute they could this Carolina's game, I really, really, really believe Carolina is going to w- run all over the place and pick up a win at Seattle. All right. All right. I like
0: that pick. I'd like to I'd like to see that it makes it interesting. And I will say, you know, um, the other thing about Gino Smith, he's he's benefiting a little bit. He is having a decent season, but he's benefiting from how bad Russ is. That is that is magnifying it a little bit, I believe.
2: The points of comparison, yeah, absolutely true.
0: All right, so our next uh, and final trio here: Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Miami, and the Chargers, and New England at Arizona. Yeah, again, games I think have a little bit uh, at stake. Uh, maybe for both teams, maybe not Arizona, but everybody else has something at
2: line. On the no, line. absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll go in um, order of how they're happening: Tampa Bay at San Francisco. I think I, I'm glad Al Michaels isn't calling this game because I don't want to hear him complain about the lack of scoring. He, I think he, he is so grouchy on games now. I mean, I honestly, I'm getting like annoyed. It was funny the first couple times, but now I just feel like You know, he thinks he's too good to call these crappy games and he's basically calling us all idiots for tuning in and watching them. Like, I'm starting to feel insulted. Well, he took all this
0: money from Amazon and now he's treating it like it's shit. It is funny. It's it's, like
2: total uh, arrogance, total arrogance. uh, yeah i I've, I've moved past the funny and i'm annoyed at this point it's like <laughs> it's like the guy who tells the same joke over and over and over again like yeah it was funny the first and second time yeah yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah well he's yeah. i think he's just he's thrown in the towel yeah no i mean thursday nights he's like so he's used to Sundays. like what do i have to get out of bed on a thursday for that's true you're right yeah, yeah. but um i will say the um I Tampa, and the reason I bring this up is I think it'll be low scoring. I think I put online, I expect both teams. The over-under, I don't know what it is, but I think both teams are going to score under 25 points combined. Both defenses are good defense. You're looking at like a 16.
0: We're looking six at like
2: games? a 16-13, a 13-10. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay doesn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Like why would you know they should Franci- scored one last week? No, and San Francisco. You know, with the backup quarterback playing a very good defense that does pr- that, you know, can do a lot of things. This is Miami's defense is terrible. And yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. Miami's defense. Nobody talks about how bad Miami's defense is because everyone just talks about Tua and the receivers, but you know, he's not going to do what he did against Miami's defense against Tampa Bay's defense. So I do think San Francisco will win this game and I do think they'll cover three and a half points, but that's mostly because I'm not confident that Tampa Bay is going to score a touchdown.
0: Yeah. All right. So take the under on Tampa, certainly. And on the, on the combined, probably. And then uh, we got Miami and your Chargers. I say your Chargers, it's not yours, it's maybe no. a listener's Chargers.
2: And you got <laughs> you got the
0: Chargers, which I don't think is what most people are thinking.
2: No, nobody has the Chargers. I have not seen one person who's not a Chargers fan pick the Chargers this week. Um there's a lot of reasons I like the Chargers. One, I, I love the combination of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Williams didn't play last week, and I thought the Chargers would win last week, and I think a big part of the reason they didn't win was because they didn't have their full complement. They needed another receiver on the other side of the ball so Keenan Allen could get a few more free looks because he didn't get many. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a big part of the reason they lost to Las Vegas. But it's not just Mike Williams coming back. Once again, Miami's defense is bad. It's not even like they're okay. No, they're bad. Yeah. They are. They give up a lot of points consistently. 33 points to Mr. Irrelevant last week. Yeah. I mean, g- gave up 15 to to Kyle Orton in Houston, who's, you know, not doing anything, who just got benched. You know, they gave... Um, Kyle Allen, not Kyle, Kyle Orton. Kyle Allen, I'm sorry. <laughs> not Kyle Allen. Beard. Kyle Allen. I mean, they just, they're not good. And yeah. they... And... The Chargers haven't shown how good they are because the offensive line is banged up and they haven't had their full complement of receivers. But I see no reason why the Chargers won't throw all over them. And more than that, everyone's like, oh, Tua had a bad game. Tua will be back, Miami. You know, You know, the Dolphins spent the week on the West Coast. They didn't go back to Miami this week. Oh, yeah. The coach made a big thing about they wanted their West Coast games to be back to back. We want players to bond. Spend your off time together. We're not going to work them too hard. And I remember, you know, a very wise man named Bill Parcells used to say, you always go home between games. (laughs) Oh, Grown men out on their own in the L having too much downtime, too much time away from family. A lot of these guys are creatures of habit. They don't have their regular rehab routines. Their training is off. And at the end of game number two, all they want to do is end the game and go home. Yeah. I know it's not a foolproof plan. Plenty of teams stay on the other coast long, as long as they need to. And they win the second game. I Bill Parcells said, you always go home. We got to always listen to Bill Parcells. Man, the tuna knew what he was talking about. He did, and so yeah. It's, for all the so you got the Chargers. Said, That's going to be a shootout. Miami's out. terrible defense. Spending t- spending ten days on the West Coast, God, I'm not expecting them to be their best on Sunday Night Football.
0: Now, the one thing in their defense is they live in Miami, which is one of the few places in the country that might be more dangerous than uh, than than L.A. for a weekend. Yeah, but it's like
2: anything you go. If you were to go to Columbus, Ohio this weekend, you'd find a way to get into trouble. Like, that's
0: true. That's true. Mainly because I'd be wearing Nebraska gear and 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 I'd I'd say something dumb and then I get killed anyway. Uh, no, so, go ahead.
2: Last game. Last game we got is, um, you know, New England, Arizona, and a lot of honestly I thought this is the toughest game of the week to pick I really I really thought that Arizona you know this will be their second game with Hopkins and Brown that Mm. should be the most dangerous wide receiver combo one of certainly yeah coming off the bye Cliff Kingsbury coaching for his job there's a lot of reasons to kind of go with Arizona on this one but Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. He's had ten days off. They yeah. need this win. They do. Um, there's every reason to believe that he's going to get, to mess around with their quarterback, show him looks he's never seen, bring blitzes in ways he's never seen. We've seen that when Kyler Murray gets confused, it doesn't matter who's on his team, he can't get them the ball in the right spot. Yeah, and you know, one of the best defensive minds in the history of the game. Just a lot of reason to think that, you know, that's what's going to win out is this is a like kind of, you know, physical talent versus mental toughness here. And I, I'm I'm because I'm a Jets fan. I, I tried not to pick against Bill Belichick. So, you know, I am um, I'm going with New England.
0: That makes sense. And another thing that I'm just wondering late in the season here, these quarterbacks like Kyler Murray and Tua. You know, two has already gotten his ass kicked uh, several times this season. And for these smaller quarterbacks, as they get into this, you know, week 14, 15, 16, they're, they're It's easier for them to break down, I think. And I think, you know, you've seen Arizona do not that well for the past few years in the second half.
2: And, and I just wonder if it takes a toll on these guys as the season goes on. You know, I don't, I don't worry about Kyler Murray breaking down as much because he's a guy when you watch him play quarterback, he's small and he's quick and he makes a lot of business decisions. He doesn't get hit like two of us. No, and I don't blame him for making those business decisions. No. no, but you know, this is, he's got an incredible, he's not afraid to throw the ball away. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you it would just. Like such a weird thing to say, but like you know, having watched Zach Wilson for the first half of the season, and you're like, throw the ball away. throw well, he the throws ball it away. away. He just doesn't know how to. Yeah, but um Kyler Murray, you know, definitely takes that adage of if it's not there, throw it away. If it's not there, throw it away. And so, I don't worry about him physically the same way I'd worry about Tua, but just. I've never liked the Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury marriage from the beginning, from day one. Yeah. I remember I, I worked for a fella who's like, dude, they go back so far. Didn't he recruit him in high school and in college? I was like, no, he wanted Kyler Murray when he was a college coach. Kyler Murray said no. And then he tried to get Kyler Murray to Trent and Kyler Murray said no. Right. And when he basically got the job by knowing that he was going to draft Kyler Murray and talking up all the things that make Kyler Murray so great. But I've never once heard Kyler Murray be like, Oh yeah. Cliff Kings get berries. My boy. I want to be coached by him. If anything, all evidence suggests the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Getting recruited by a guy does not mean you're friends. No, it like, and they were like, oh, well, Kyler, that's what the Arizona sold it on. Well, he's seen, he watched every tape Kyler Murray ever played right, in high school, right. and he'll see every play Kyler right. Murray ever made in college. If there's one guy who's going to get this, did anyone ever think if Kyler Murray wants to play for Cliff Kingsbury? Mm-hmm. And if he enjoys that, and if he is into this offense, and if, you know, he's being led by the right guy, or, you know, or if, if he's not developing into the leader they want him to be because he doesn't have a coach who's putting him in the best positions to be a great leader? Yeah. I just everything about arizona annoys me yeah. um you know and i just i i but i like i think they're all good on the field i like kyler murray as a player i love hopkins as a player i love brown as a player i like connor as a player they, they got guys, more exciting they are and but every time i look and they and they you know, um, cut to Cliff Kingsbury on the sidelines. I'm like, yeah, I hope they lose. And, <laughs> and I feel like Kyler Murray almost thinks the same way. Like he's out there playing <laughs> to win, but he doesn't want to be coached by this guy either. And I do get,
0: I do get a little bit of that. And I wonder if, you know, if a new coach would just open him up and, and that'll be the end of Cliff Kingsbury. But you like, like, um, like what, like Sean Payton. Yeah. Oh. Well, Sean Payton may have better options, uh, ahead uh, if, of him, but
2: if like the, the chargers, chargers... If the Chargers make the playoffs, it's hard to see them firing the coach, even though yep. they should. Another person, we, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, guys who have, should never have been hired for their jobs. Yep. And coach of the Chargers is maybe the highest on the list. But if they find a way to the playoffs, which I still think they can, it's going to be hard to fire him.
0: Yeah, um, well, definitely. They, they yeah. They're, they're Very difficult. Uh, and
2: they're, they're also Jerry a very Jones cheap team. Like that. That's exactly they're, right. Like Dean Spanos and family aren't interested in paying two guys head coach. A lot of these out.
0: AFC teams, actually, the, the the Lions are like that too. Where they're going to have a coach there, and they they'll just let the contract run out, even if they should have fired him after the third year. He's on a five year contract. They're mm-hmm. going to let him go. No. Uh, the, They've done the, that the in the past. Contract.
2: I like um. You know, I didn't know this until earlier this year. You know, the the principal owner of the Lions now is um this lady whose name I can't remember. Ford and is her yes. last name. Ford is her last name. She's, she's a member of the Ford dynasty and she took over like the managing partner controlling interest from her mother, um, a couple of years ago. And she yeah. did a great thing this year earlier this season when she, when, when the Lions started out like one in six, I think it was, or one in seven, she showed up to a practice and talked to the press and expressed confidence in the leadership team. She turned to them and said, I met with the GM. I met with the coach. I've talked about every player on our roster, what we need to improve, where we're going. And I feel confident in these two guys. They're not going anywhere. And that was such a bold thing that not a lot of people do, especially from that. But how good has Detroit been since then? Ah, She told a little bit of faith. She told every player on that team, no one's going anywhere, so buy in, double down, do whatever you have to do, because these guys are staying, and if you want to stay, you need to work for them. And I thought it was brilliant, and that's something you just would not see from a lot of owners. You never see it from an owner from a team like the Lions. No, and if you see it, they don't articulate it that well. So. no. She That's, articulated it beautifully. Couldn't have made it any clearer. I tweeted about it the day of because yeah. I was so impressed by it. And look at how good that franchise has been since.
1: Yeah, well,
2: there you go. They even made yeah. Jared Goff look all right. All right. Well, where can everybody check your stuff out, Max? Yeah, for full picks, for, um, you know, full picks, some predictions, confidence points, you go to profootballmax.com slash weekly picks. Or if you just click on Pro Football Max, you'll find the link for weekly picks. You can also find me on Twitter, Pro Football Max, or Instagram, Pro Football Max 1. There you go. All right. I will see you this Sunday. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too.